Love bombing. Yep. Manipulation. Check. Gaslighting. Uh-huh. Wow. I guess we really weren't the only ones. You got that right. Welcome to The X-Files, a new spinoff of X-Wives Undercover. Now we're sharing your stories of love gone wrong. Sometimes we laugh. Sometimes we cry. But more importantly, we stand together. Please be aware that this podcast is for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back. I'm Amber. And I'm Athena. Previously on The X-Files. In the last episode, we saw Ted become very shady as he would be gone for hours without any explanation. The holidays came and went, but Anna was growing more and more suspicious. And when she confronted Ted, he completely gaslit her like no other to deflect from what was really going on. And when he couldn't take the heat, he packed his bags and left. Then he came back and then he left again once and for all. In this episode, we are still in the last six months to a year of Anna's relationship with Ted. All right, girl, you ready to do this? Let's do it. Season 5, Episode 8, The Other Woman. As expected, Anna was just so confused at what transpired with Ted. She thought that her and Ted were going to work on things. But after learning that he had rented an apartment, she was devastated. So she sought the help of her physician who prescribed her Xanax and antidepressants. In her letter to ex-wife's undercover, she says, I am so thankful for her because she saved my sanity by listening to me and truly hearing my pain. I also am so thankful for my co-workers because they became my support and my safety. As you can imagine, she was a wreck at work, but they picked up the slack when she needed to close her office door and cry. I went to Arizona and then he, when I got back, he was, he was gone. <laughs> yeah. And sent me the nice long text telling me, um, basically, you know, fuck off. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was that. I mean, at this point, this is getting old. Are you kind of done with this back and forth? Yeah. Bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> How I many was, times? I, was, I mean, well, as it comes to find out, uh, I still wasn't done. I uh, still had a couple more go rounds, uh, you know, before I got in it to win it. In <laughs> That's the name of this season. In it to win it. In it to win it, man. <laughs> win wide. I don't know. I don't know what prize I was fighting for, but yeah, <laughs> no, I, um, yeah. So this was, I think this was probably, you know, it was getting, it was wearing on me pretty badly. I, I, it's like a roller coaster, but it's a roller coaster where you're not strapped in. And this fucker's going around and around and upside down. And you don't know minute to minute, like, what's going to happen next? You know, no shame in going and getting on antidepressants. I can tell you that right now. I'm so fortunate and blessed with my coworkers because they just, um, you know, they if my door was shut, they knew that I probably was in there crying my ass out. <laughs> and, you know, just let me let me cry for a little while and then I'll be better. They were very supportive, you know, they were very kind and uh, understanding of the whole thing. And, of course, Ted did not stay away. And he did not stop talking to Anna. He would come to the house once or twice a week, and they would talk, and most of the time ended up in the bedroom as well. And about a month into the situation, Ted finally sat Anna down and told her the truth, or as much of the truth as he was willing to share at this point. And once Anna knew about what was happening, so much clicked into place. The drinks, the weekends, the time she never knew where he was. And when she was initially told, she felt like such an idiot. She was so trusting. Never would Anna have done this to Ted, so she lived with the assumption that he would also never do this to her. But Anna was wrong. Well, he told me a couple of stories about how he met her and where he met her. This time, the story was that he met her at a bar that he liked to go to um, in our town. 
and that they were dating and that she was his girlfriend. I think I, I think what I said to him was, you know, are, are you in love with her? Do you love her? And he said, no, no, not right now, but I think I could love her. And I remember I said, well, um, then that's okay. Cause you know, we, we can work with that. You know, if you, if you promise me, you're not going to see her anymore. If that's what you want to do, if you don't want to see her anymore, um, and you want to be with me, then, you know, let's do that. You know, now looking back, it's like, you dumbass. <laughs> you know, I can't believe I believed that. Of course, I kind of believed it, but I kind of didn't believe it because I was like, you're, you're telling me that we separated in January and within a matter of days, you met this woman and within a matter of days after that, you're, she was your girlfriend. And okay. So was he like, wasn't saying he met her while you were still together. He was saying it yeah. happened all so quickly right after. Oh. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. I mean, wow. the stars aligned. <laughs> Just, Just really <laughs> meant to be. Just fucking but, meant to be. I really think that the reason that he told me about her um, at that point in time was just to really, you know, create this, this feeling of panic in me. You know, there's there. Oh God, you know, I, I got a competitor out there for him. But it, after a year, I found out how they actually did meet, which was, you know, equally as, you know, non, I, I, they met in line at the post office. You know, that's where they actually met was in line at the post office. So, you know, he, he told me all these stories and lies and everything about just, and I think the reason that he told me particular stories and lies, especially about like what she did for a living is because he knows I'm like a, like junior FBI agent. I'm going to find you. I will find you. <laughs> right. And you know, if he had given me any kind of uh, real information. I probably would have been able to track her ass down, but as it was, you know, I, I could not because he, um, didn't give me correct information. In fact, it wasn't until the end of April that I found out the truth about her. And I found out the truth about her um, because I found a whole bunch of uh, paperwork and records. So she started coming to your house, playing, or let's see, eating the food you cook, fucking the husband I love. She cheated on the husband that loved her. She wore my clothes, my perfume. What in the holy hell? Do you think that was really legit or just him exaggerating? Well, I think it was legit to, I mean, uh, who knows? Like who, who knows? I mean, this is, this is what he told me, but I also found, I would find things in my house. I would, you know, things would not be right. They would be different than when I left. And, you know, he was like fucking her in my bed when we were married and together. You know what I mean? Like I found out later from his coworkers that for a period of time, he just quit going to work. Like he just didn't go to work or he would go to work in the morning and then leave for lunch and just not go back after lunch and things like that. And her job that she had gave her great flexibility. And so, you know, he would just, I, you know, hang out with her or whatever. And, um, you know, I know that they, they were at my house and I know that they ate food that I cooked from lunch, you know what I mean? Like I, I know those things happen, uh, which is just disgusting to me. I mean, but I also understand how manipulative he is, uh, mm-hmm. and he can, you know, he'll make you uh, believe. I, I don't even know what kind of lies he's told was telling her about me and about her. Who knows? He could have told her I was dead for all I know. True. She knows I'm. Bitch knows I'm not dead now. I can tell you that. But I yeah. don't know, I don't know, like, then what he had told her. I have no idea. But, you know, he would throw things at me, like, you know, that she was a size four and I'm a size six. And, you know, she put my clothes on and was like, ah, ha, ha, look, you know, how much bigger her clothes are on me than they are on her. You know what I mean? Just. That's just not necessary. That's just. just ick. Yeah. It's just me. It's me. Yeah. Even if it didn't happen, it's still fucking mean that he said that to me, mm-hmm. you know? It's just mm-hmm. really cruel. It just unnecessary, uh, right? And it, it was like right in front of your face. Like they don't have any. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they don't care about getting caught. Mm-hmm. You know, like right in your house. What if you 
got off early and came home and they were there. Like, didn't he think that through? That's just so ballsy. Well, you know, he did do things like he'd asked me because like, especially in the summers, my summers are super flexible at my job. And so, you know, he would, uh, and the house that we were in, it had a pool. And so there were days like when I could, I left work at like noon and just went home and, you know, swam and stuff. So there were times when he would ask me, you know, are you coming home today or what have you? Or what time do you think you're going to be home today? Or he would mm. say, like, I think I'm going to bring dinner home. What time do you think you're going to be home? That type of thing. So he was so, definitely kind of yeah, putting the feelers out. Now, yeah. one of the telltale signs of cheating is when they start showering a lot, they change their appearance, all the things. You mentioned in in your story that he was doing those things, but it, it didn't it didn't kind of raise any flags for you at that time until after the fact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a vain mf'er. That man is. Let me tell you, he will be in the bathroom ten times longer than any girl, fixing his hair, just staring at himself in the mirror. I mean, he really <laughs> thinks he's some hot shit. He was ordering Stitch Fix, so he was getting all these new clothes. And um, what, what was interesting, though, is he still wasn't really showering all that often. Um, and he still didn't brush his teeth all that much, which makes me wonder, you know, did he come home from work, shower, and then brush his teeth or what have you, um, you know. And I honestly, this is this is going to be so gross, and, I, and I'm sorry for saying this because it's going to sound, it's going to be gross, is I really also think that he got off on having sex with her, not showering, and then sleeping with me. Because um, I know that that happened a lot. That happened quite a bit. Wow. And I really, knowing him the way that I know him, I believe that that was something that he like took great pleasure in doing that to me. Which, when you think about it, that's really gross. Um, you know, this is kind of my soapbox about infidelity is that I believe that infidelity is uh, sexual abuse. Oh yeah. Because, you know, I was not being, I was not being, I wasn't given the opportunity to consent or to not consent to being exposed to whatever this woman is carrying around in her. You know, yeah. I, I had, I have, you have the right to know what is, what is going on with your body and what you're being exposed to. And when that right is taken from you, that is sexual assault. That's, that's how I see it. Anna and Ted continued to talk. And once he had told her the truth, it seemed they were able to communicate better. And actually, things were improving. All this time, however, Anna never saw his apartment. And when she asked to know where he lived, he gave her vague replies or just flat out said that he was not going to tell her. She did consider following him to see where he lived, but she decided that she really did not care to know at this point. They met often, and it felt like Ted was truly invested in making things better with her. They went to dinner, and he even stayed over at her home a few times, and that he had made a huge mistake in becoming involved with her. So were you kind of hopeful that, okay, well, maybe it took something like this to really, you know, bring it to the forefront and get to the root of some of our issues? I did have some hope about that. Even with her in the picture at that point, when I knew that he was, had this other person that he was dating. I don't, how do you date somebody when you're married? I don't know. Um, but he was doing it. But yeah, we were having some super deep, honest conversations that, you know, that probably we had needed to have for a long time, just about how we communicated and how things were feeling for him and things were feeling for me. And, um, you know, we had some really, you know, gut-wrenching, heart-to-heart, soul-searching conversations. And, you know, I thought that those were things that were good. But then I was, you know, I was wrong because he would take the things that we talked about and the things that I said and then use them as ammunition against me. And during this time, he told you he was going to therapy. Do you feel like that? Do you think he actually he went? Did. There's no. no freaking way he went to therapy. No way. Because he told me we have, there's a therapist in, in the city and he is like very, very renowned 
for working with couples going through uh, infidelity and through sex addiction and things along those lines. And he, that's who he told me he was going to. And I mean, I know that, that there's no way he was seeing him because there's no way that that particular therapist would have supported anything that, that was happening. There's just no way. One Sunday, Anna was especially struggling. She was trying to be around her family, and so she went to her parents for lunch. And while trying to put a happy face on, she just couldn't. She had officially hit a wall of grief and terror, and she couldn't get around it. After she had returned home, she received a text message from Ted. He said everything made him think of Anna. Songs, places they went, on and on. He also told her that he could not function and he missed her so much. Next, Ted asked Anna if she would be willing to meet him the next day for lunch to talk about everything. He was saying like, you know, I had a dream last night that you picked up somebody and that you were in our house and in our bed with this person. And I'm just like, that's rich. But, you know, he, he said, you know, the thought of you being with someone else just makes me want to throw up and I, I just can't do this. And I hear songs on the radio and they make me think of you. And I drive by places that we went together and I'm just flooded with memories. And I think to myself, what have I done? You know, what, what, is, what have I done? I've just made such a mess of everything. And I remember I tried to call him a couple of times and he, would, he wouldn't answer the phone. Um, and then he would text me and he'd be like, I'm so upset. I can't talk. I, yeah, I right. Because he's talk. with her. He's with her. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is it just like, oh, my God. Uh, just, buddy, I just want to slap that, some sense into him. No joke. But that's it, it's because, kind of- maybe, yeah, like maybe he's feeling like, okay, several weeks have gone on and maybe he can feel you pulling away. So he needs to really kind of like get your attention back on yep. him and dangle that care a little bit. Did he agree to stop seeing her during this time when you were talking? He did. He did. And in fact, I remember I told him, I was like, right now with me in front of you, with me standing right here, I want you to call her, put her on speakerphone, and I want you to tell her you're not going to talk to her anymore and that you're done. And he wouldn't do it. So what was really strange is like we had this whole, this, 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 the texting was going on like all night long, but him just saying I love you so much I miss you so much this was such a mistake um do you think we can make this work is uh, can we can this be repaired and of course me I'm just like yes 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 this all can be repaired and so whenever we were texting that Sunday um he said can I see you tomorrow and I was like of course you can see me tomorrow he said well do you want to can we can you meet me for lunch yeah I can meet you for lunch so we meet for lunch by my work the next day and you know i'm all excited and i'm all happy because i'm thinking that we're going to have this conversation about him coming home and you know uh, this this all this that happened the night before and everything that he had said to me just indicated this is total change of heart and (laughs) and i remember sitting at the restaurant um, and I watched him walk in and I, I just, you know, body language, facial expression. I was like, God damn it for real, for fucking real. And, you know, and, and he was just like a totally different person than he was with that the night before, like this totally different uh, vibe coming off of him, totally different words, totally different thoughts, different feelings. All It was just totally, it was just like Jekyll and Hyde. Like, did somebody have your phone last night or something? Or, you know, what the fuck? Because I'm so confused. And that's why I told him, I was like, I'm so confused right now. I, I don't understand. Because yesterday you're telling me you want to repair our marriage and you want this to work. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I just don't really know. I don't know if I want to be with you at all. And of course, I'm just like, <laughs> what? You know, what? But we did start to talk a lot more after that um, and talked a lot about him moving home. Here is Anna's daughter, Elizabeth, and her thoughts. Towards the very end, there was a lot of back and forth before it finally was like over and done and the other woman came out and everything. How 
frustrating was it for you guys? Like, what were you feeling? Like, in one hand, do you, do you still want him to be a part of your life? Or did you just despise him at that point and just hate him? Were you frustrated? So, like, mom, why aren't you, why are you taking him back? Why are you doing this? I didn't know about the affair until the second time he left. So the first time he left, he left New Year's Day of 2019. And I was over and I'd asked mom, I'm like, where's Ted? And she's like, and she, she was angry. I don't remember what reason she gave. I think she said that Ted had decided he needed to move out and, you know, be away and do his own shit, whatever. I never reached out to him at that point. Uh, I just tried to be there for my mom. I did. I didn't know the full story. I didn't know. I thought that I, I was so naive. I was under the impression that, you know, mom had told me that, you know, he was struggling with drugs and alcohol and he was trying to get clean or, you know, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what was happening. And because of that, I had sympathy for him. I thought that he was trying to get better. I didn't know that he had fucked another woman that he met at the post office and left my mother for her. I had no idea. And so in March, you know, they got back together. And I remember I I had plans over spring break to stay at the house a day or two. Uh, my friends and I were doing like a clothing swap or something like that. And I didn't know until like a few days before that Ted would be coming home. And I I don't know why, but I just, I didn't feel safe. Um, but it was too late and I'd been drinking. I didn't, I wasn't able to drive home. And so I, it was just me at the house and I don't think he ever would have done anything to me, but I like, when I went to bed, I locked my bedroom door. He wasn't home yet. And I locked my bedroom door because my gut just didn't feel right. And I, I still don't know why I mm. felt that way. He was, he was never inappropriate with me or anything like that. But my gut, you know, you got to follow yeah. your gut instincts. And yep. my gut was like, lock the door. And, uh, you know, a few days after that, I went up there and it, it was weird. Like they were laying in bed and they were holding hands, like watching TV. And I just... I didn't really feel anything towards him. Um, and, you know, I told him I was going to bed and he's like, well, you just lock your door, like trying to make that jab at me. And I so was So how did like, he know you locked it? Did he, he tried jiggle? to open the door and tell me goodnight. Oh. Because he was just, try- he was just trying to say goodnight, but I don't huh. know if something didn't, didn't yeah. feel right in my gut without having mom there. Yeah. Without having mom there. And, you know, before everything happened before he left us, he and I, we would just vibe, you know, we would watch shitty TV together and we would eat popcorn and watch movies. And, you know, after he left, everything changed. And I'll never forget. My mom called me and she told me, and it was like the world came crashing down. I was angry. I was sad. I, it it was just inexplicable how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And I remember I drove home immediately and my mom and I just screamed and cried. And, you know, even after that, they still, she still tried to work things out. Eventually, Ted did say that he wanted to come home and try again, but that he was worried Anna would not be able to get over what he had done. And at this point, Anna did not even know the other woman's name, as Ted had protected this woman. Anna did not really even know the extent of what it was that she was supposed to just get over. For spring break, Anna took the teens to Sepapu, New Mexico, and they had decided that while she was gone, Ted would move back in. Anna was hopeful, but also very concerned mainly because she was indeed not over his betrayal and mostly not over the lies. There was zero trust and she knew herself well enough to know that this would be a very serious challenge, but she was willing to try. I got home from the retreat. Um, He was there and um, 
I was so hopeful and thought that things were going to be okay. And um, things were very not okay. I didn't even know what I was letting go of, you know, um, you know, by that point in time, of course, I, you know, I'm not dumb. I'd figured out that there's no fucking way he just met her in January, that this had to have been going on before. Um, and it was just um, crazy making. But I also, like I said, I, I, you know, and I would ask him all the time, did you really just meet her in January? I mean, come on. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm like, I don't think so. I just, I don't think so. I And I can just, I remember just being so angry. Moving forward, Ted left his phone unlocked and told Anna that she could go through it at any time. She tried not to, though, because she didn't want to be the marriage police. However, she did look a few times. Anna never saw anything with the exception of a selfie that Ted had taken. However, Ted never took selfies and he certainly had not sent one to Anna. So that night, she talked to him about it and Ted said that he had taken it to send to his co-worker because he was running late. It made no sense, right? Anna's response was, oh, okay. And then life went on. Anna is not a person who can hide her feelings. Her face is expressive and her voice gives her away. And during this time, her emotions were all over and mostly she was angry. So angry. And one morning, they were lying in bed talking and Ted said something about the other woman and Anna snapped. Like, big time snapped. Every bit of pain and anger came to the surface and she could not hold back. That day marked the beginning of the real end of their relationship. I never was allowed to be angry about um, anything at all, ever. I was not allowed to be hurt. I was not allowed to have any emotion other than happy and smiling and, you know, um, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to address it. He didn't want to tell me the truth about anything. Um, when I would ask questions, um, he would just get angry. When I would challenge something that I knew that he was saying to me that was not true, he would uh, get mad at me. You know, we would have some, it would be, it was real bad. I remember one morning I woke up and I was just, He's just incendiary with rage at him and everything, at the lies, at how he had used me and treated me and how he had treated my family and how he had harmed my children. And I remember, um, and, you know, just, <laughs> just stay this up front. I'm not proud of it. Um, but I was so enraged with him. I remember jumping on him in bed and just, I just was, I wailed on his ass. You know, I, I, I physically tore his shirt in half on his, off of his body. I was so enraged and I just punched him and slapped him and it was not right. It was not good. And you know, I, I'm not proud of it at all. And he just laid there and he just Which took totally it. surprises me, especially with his rage yeah. issues and yeah. what happened in the last episode. How did yeah. he just stand there and take it? He did. And when I finally had calmed down, you know, and it was these kind of moments that made me think maybe it was going to be okay. He just wrapped me in his arms and um, held me close to him. And he said, I deserved every bit of that. I deserved every bit of what you just did. And he's like, he said, I hope, I hope that you got some release and some relief. And I hope you feel better. I'm not a person who loses control at all like that. I mean, that's just not who I am. It's not the person that I am at all. And like I said, I'm not proud of the fact that that happened, but that's just an example of how, just how, how far they can push you. And I think what it really boiled down to for me was this feeling of powerlessness. I felt so powerless in this situation because I knew that I didn't know the truth. I knew that I didn't know. I, I knew there was a lot that I did not know. Um, and it was just so frustrating and so enraging to me. And I just felt so powerless 
because I just wanted this information. I just needed to know. I wanted to know what had happened. I wanted to know the truth and I was not getting the truth. And I also wasn't getting any validation about the pain he caused me. I was getting no validation about how difficult this whole process had been for me about how much of a roller coaster it was. You know, it was just like, let's just shove it on the rug and ignore that it ever happened. It was interesting because, you know, if you really, really listen to these people, they'll tell you the truth. They'll tell you their reality. And like one of the things that he would always say to me was, I love you more than anything I've ever loved. That's very telling. And it always disturbed me when he said that because it wasn't, I've, I love you more than I've ever loved anyone. It was anything. And so that's, that's very telling in the fact that they see us as things. We are objects. We are possessions. We, we are not people. We are not humans. They don't see us that way. We are an object. You know, again, I loved this man um, so much. And I remember he was in the bathtub and I was giving him a bath. I was washing his hair and all that other stuff, uh, you know, just, just taking care of him the way I always did. And um, he told me, he's like, I will never cheat on you ever again. I will never cheat on you ever again. And I said, well, why? And he said, well, it hurts me too much to see you in so much pain. And again, let's think that through. It hurts me too much to see you in pain. Not it hurts me that I caused this pain. I just, it's, it's like I am uncomfortable with the level of pain that you are showing me. And so I don't, I will never cheat on you again so that I don't have to experience this within myself. After dinner, Ted and Anna were driving home and she noticed that Ted had a pike pass, something that he had never had before. So Anna asked about it and he gave her a flippant answer, something to the effect of he had it because he used the turnpike a lot going from his apartment to her home. And yep, she lost it. Not bad, but Anna asked a question that Ted did not like and suddenly he turned cold and cruel. The next day, Anna decided enough was enough and she needed to find a place to live. She needed some papers and went to the safe to find them. And in the safe, Anna found everything, all of it, the truth. Oh, you got a pipe pass now. And he said, yeah, you know, um, and again, keeping to this lie about this fucking apartment. He said, yeah, whenever, you know, I was living in the apartment, um, you know, the pike pass, the turnpike was the fastest way for me to get to and from. And I was like, oh, to and from her house. And that was it. That was it. It was on. It was done. It was, that was a bad, bad, bad night. He started just like speeding and driving crazy. He got cold and silent. And he just, I remember he looked at me and I thought he was going to punch me in the face. Like the rage he had when he looked at me and the hatred in his eyes when he looked at me, I thought, oh shit, you know, this, I, well, this is not good. This is, this is bad. He just, just hauled ass to our house and he was, the whole time he was saying, I don't love you. I do not love you. I've never loved you. Uh, I don't want to be with you. This is just the biggest mistake. Coming back home was the biggest mistake. I hate you. And of course, I'm like, you've said this all before. You know you love me. And he's like, no, no, I don't. I do not love you. It was very different. Uh, he clearly, something had snapped in him. And uh, we got to the house and he pulled in the driveway. He leaned over me. He opened the truck door. He just looked me dead in the eye and said, you know, get the fuck out of my truck. Get the fuck out of my life. I don't ever want to see or talk to you again. I hate you. I do not love you. I hate you. And he literally shoved me out of the truck onto the driveway. You know, like that whole night I was trying to, to, to call him and text him and he was not responding at all. And so the next day I woke up and I, and, and I said, enough. 
enough is enough is enough. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. And so I, um, I remember I was like, okay, I need to start. I need to get together my paperwork. I need to get together anything and everything that I'm going to have to have when I do leave. And so, you know, he kept everything in a, a briefcase and he had like a file cabinet and stuff in, in one of the, ex the spare bedrooms. And so I went in there because I was like, I need my social security. I need my birth certificate. I need my car title. I need all this stuff. So I'm going through these files, trying to find this information and pull everything out. And, and there it was. I saw a lease. Anna found a lease, not an apartment, but on a house less than one mile from their home. Ted had signed the lease when she was in Arizona. Anna took the address, got in her car, and went to this house. I couldn't believe that this was real, you know, that this was happening. And so I went to the house and I um, looked in the mailbox and there was mail addressed to him and to her. And so that's when I knew her name. That's when I found out exactly who she was. I Googled her and I found out what she did for a living, which was not what he told me, what she does for, for a living. Um, all of her contact information was very public. And accessible, so her cell phone was right there, and I was like, "Yep, that's the phone number I kept seeing Wait, pop up." Did you march your little booty right up to the door and be like, "Hi, bitch, <laughs> it's Anna Here's here"? Like, <laughs> I did nice not. To meet you. Um, I caught him in the act. Were they there? They were not there. In fact, the house was completely empty. Oh, oh, it was totally empty. Yep. Where'd they so go? He, okay, we'll get there. I'm jumping ahead. Well, he, he moved in with back. He moved back with me. That's right. Where oh. she went. Where she went. Oh, I don't that's know. right. Okay. Maybe they got yeah. in a fight or something and he broke up something with her or happened. something. Yeah. Okay. Something happened between the two of them that was the catalyst for him wanting to come back home in March. It had to be. Something had to happen between mm -hmm. the two of them um, or financially because he was paying the rent on our house, which was not small. And the rent on this house was exponentially more. So he oh. was paying rent on both of these places. He had utilities in both of these houses. Well, no, he had utilities at that house because I did the utilities at our house. So anyway. That makes sense. Okay, now tell uh, us the discussion. Yeah. So you're standing in front of, uh, ladies and gentlemen, her name is Mildred. <laughs> Mildred. We're going to call her. Millie. Mildred. Mildred. Mildred's house. <laughs> yeah. But... Millie and Ted's house that no one now house. lives there so you're standing in front of this house you're going yeah. through her mailbox and you send a yeah. call for help what is that I conversation i did i called her and because of what she does for a living you answer your phone all the time because you never know who's calling and she picked up the phone and was like mildred how may i help you i'm like oh <laughs> did she bitch. sound like that too <laughs> No, but I'm going to make, I'm going to say. <laughs> um, oh, dang. Okay. So I said to her, I was like, um, hey, so can you explain to me why I just found a lease with your name and my husband's name on it? And she said, what? And I said, can you tell me why I found a lease with your name and my husband's name on it tell me the relationship that you have with my husband and she's like oh we're just good friends and I said good friends who lease a house together that good of friends those kind of good friends and I said is he with you right now and she said no he's not with me right now and I said um are you sure about that and then she hung up oh my god yeah, she hung up on me. And so I do take some degree of pride in not patigering out on her. Um, well done. I had, I had other things to worry about at that point in time because what was happening, that was the day where just, it just, it just, just all went like clink, 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 clink. All the dominoes fell. Everything fell into order. Everything in my brain clicked. Everything suddenly made sense. So, what's a girl to do next after uncovering all this bullshit? Well, Anna texted all of Mildred's information to Ted, including her picture. 
her phone number, her husband's name, and a picture of the lease. God, I love this. I honestly would have done the exact same thing. And he calls me, like he had been dogging my calls all morning long. He would not answer the phone. But as soon as I texted him that information and said, oh, by the way, I've also talked to her. The second he saw that I said that I had talked to her, that my phone rang that fast. Of course. And yeah, 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 yeah. But he wasn't even trying to spin it. And he said, she's moving into our house on Monday. So you have until tomorrow to get out and whatever you want to take take because anything that you leave is mine now yes i understand no that he could not do that to me i understand no that was not legal i understand no i didn't have to do it but trust and believe i i was done i was through i was broken um he had done it he he achieved his goal of utterly and completely destroying me at that time, uh, you know, he won, he got it. I was so broken at that point, I couldn't fight. I didn't have any more fight in me. She won, he won, they got what they wanted. Um, they could have my home, they could have everything. I just had to get away. And so, you know, I called my friends and I called my kids and, um, you know, I was very, very fortunate because um, my mom and my dad, they let me come home, you know. Um, because if they had not let me come home, I would have been homeless. Truly homeless. I would have had nowhere to go. Um, and he knew that. My friends is calling storage places for me. And she secures a storage place for me. Another one of my friends is calling everybody that she knows that has a truck. Another one of my friends is calling everybody that she can think of that might have moving boxes and tape. And my sons were there in two seconds. Um, and, you know, the neighbor, the next door neighbor comes over and he's like, what's going on? And I said, well, my husband has been, you know, seeing someone else. And he's like, yeah, I wondered about her. So the neighbor had seen her at the house and stuff. Um, anyway. So the neighbor helped me. He's like, You're, that guy's a dick anyway. We didn't like him. What was it that clicked all of a sudden? Because I know when it clicked for me. And I mean, my friends, everyone's like, Amber, Amber, Amber. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. And I just was in it to win it, just like you. But then all of a sudden yeah. there was this little moment where I'm like, nope, I am not going back. I'm done. I'm fucking yeah. done. It what was, was it for you? The lease? It was the lease. For me, and I know that sounds kind of stupid or what have you, but I mean, to me, that lease represented so much. It represented the fact that, do you sign a lease on a house with a woman that you've known for two weeks? No, you don't. Do you sign a lease on a house with a person that you don't have some sort of understanding of a commitment? No, you don't. Um, so that represented like this whole other level of stuff that he was telling her versus the things that he was telling me. And also it just like cemented how many lies there were, like just constant lies and why it, think, think about that. Like we're sitting at dinner and he's like, Oh, my apartment's over there, you know? And, and the, like the Pike Pass. Yeah. I got the Pike Pass because my apartment's oh, way over here and I needed it to go to work. No, it was all lies. It was lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. And the house of cards fell. When I found that lease, that's when the house of cards fell. Because there it is in black and white. You cannot lie your way out of it. It's there. Right there. Your signature, her signature. So this was the point where my journey to healing and wellness started. And I started to think about MPD and relationships. And I started to read books. And I started listening to podcasts. And I started seeking out information um and it was like oh god damn <laughs> yeah it's just like like there it's a textbook situation mm. it was it was textbook i think we um, all start like it's crazy how i've never even googled narcissist until i went through this mm-hmm. not all of a sudden you're like this phd in narcissism and honestly all the other stuff honestly. but we will go into that yeah. our last episode the bonus episode where it's solely dedicated to tips yes. tricks know-how things that you learn to help heal in the process 
Anna's daughter Elizabeth had this to say. My mom had asked, you know, why? Why he had done it. And he lost his shit. Lost his shit. They got back to the house. He kicked her out of the car. And he told her, mind you, he had just convinced her to re-sign the rental agreement for another year. He had just convinced her to do that. And they got back and my mom's confused because things have been hunky dory for two weeks. You know, he was acting better and they were in therapy and he was realizing the error of his ways. And then he kicks her out of the car and he's like, you have three days to get your shit out of the house. I'm going to throw it all away. And so mom calls me the next day, all of us show up, we're loading everything up. And that was the day that, you know, she hugged me and told me she was sorry. Mm. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> you're not, you're not, no, you're not going to be sorry here. He's the one that did this. He's the one that broke our family. He's the one that did this, not you. And at that point, I, I was really angry. I, I was so angry with him. And I, I had actually called him and I let him have it. And she doesn't know that I called him, but, you know, I don't care if she knows now. It's been almost four years. But holy shit, it's been almost four years. What Um, did he say? You know, I, I don't even remember because I told him, I'm like, I'm so angry with you. And I'm angry because I love you. Because you were more of a father figure to me than my own dad was. And you have wrecked me. And you don't get the right to do that. And he was just kind of, mind you, it was much longer than that. I went on like a 30 minute tangent screaming at him. As you should. He deserved it. He was calm. And he was like, uh, of course, he never said he was actually sorry, but it was, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Not, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. You know, the way a narcissist apologizes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it it took me a long time to be able to just block him and get him completely out of my life, cut him completely out of my life. When Ted left Anna the second time, he had the audacity to leave a list of 17 reasons why. Of course, now I can laugh about it. But then it was just like, God damn it. You know, like, um, one thing I wear, I don't wear heels and like fancy shoes she does I don't I like Birkenstocks and Uggs that's what I fucking wear that was on the list I don't really I'm not a girly girl I don't get manicures I don't get pedicures well she does uh that was on the list um menopause had caused me to gain about 10 pounds that was on the list I have really long hair and some days I will my hair up and some days I wear it down um and he made some comment about that I didn't like fix my hair very surface level very superficial bullshit reasons why he had an affair reasons why he left me um but they were all very hurtful because it was like directed at my who I am mm-hmm. person you know like that's who I am I, I I'm not that girl you were exactly what he wanted 10 years prior because you were the exact opposite of the first or the wife before you. So he loved all those things about you. It's just, it's amazing that it just shifts and it can just, you know, more than does something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who I, yeah, because who I was initially was why he was attracted to me. Yeah. That's why he found me alluring is because I was, I'm just, uh, I just was very, I'm a very different person and, Um, And at the end of the day, that's what he used as ammunition. And that, again, is textbook. Did you ever consider at any point to go no contact or maybe just leave the email open for, you know, the divorce stuff only or um, because I struggled with that. I remember like after I had moved out, even like I think I had to do a conference or something. And um, I remember I checked my email and he had emailed me and like, It was a sweet email. It was like, thank you so much for, you know, leaving the house so clean. You know, he said, I did get, I did see your little uh, notes that you left because as I was going through and I was moving out and I, uh, (laughs) I found stuff, you know, but, but I took great care not to hurt any of his stuff. I took great care to be respectful to his property and I made sure that I left him 
you know, dishes and pots and pans and cups and things. I mean, I was, I was even to the very end considering him. And so, yeah, he had emailed me and was like, thank you for being considerate for leaving me those things. Da, 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 da. Anyway. So no, I didn't block him. I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't do any of that actually for quite some time mm -hmm. um, because I was, you know, even I would say that 80% of me was like, don't ever contact me again. But 20% of me was waiting for it, waiting yeah. for the begging, waiting for the, yeah. I'm coming back. After their big blow up fight, Ted went to the courthouse first thing on Monday. He drew up the papers himself. He was a lawyer at one point after all. Anna did not know that he had filed. Next, Ted had her served at work, humiliating her. Anna told him that she was not going to cooperate with the divorce. And where they lived, it is a no-fault state, so you can get a default divorce if the other party won't come to court. It does take a lot longer, but Anna wanted to make him work very hard for this. Happily, Anna's sweet friend surprised her with a trip to Cancun. They had a great time, and it was amazing for her to get away. But... Before Anna flew out, she received an email from Ted. Ted goes on to explain that he is worried about Anna going to Mexico and that he just wanted to tell her that he was sorry and that he loved her and that he was going to withdraw from the divorce. Like, literally, he must have had the papers already drawn up and ready to go. There's, no, there's just no other way that he could have done it. Because uh, literally that Monday morning, he filed. I knew that he had filed, but when I went to Mexico, um, and that was like maybe three or four weeks later. Yeah, about three or four weeks later. The way that he was talking to me at that point in time was like telling me that he was going to put the divorce on hold. Um, but instead, while I was in Mexico, he filed for a default divorce. I had fought it and fought it and fought it in my head and in my heart and in my soul. And when I got back from Mexico... A lot of things happened in Mexico, one of them being that I, you know, lucky me, I got an intestinal parasite in Mexico and I was sicker than I've been ever sick in my whole entire life. It was horrifying. I was exhausted. I was sick to my, I was just so sick. And I just got back and I decided, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fight this anymore. It's pointless to fight this. Um, and so I went to the courthouse and I signed, if you sign a waiver, um, then the waiver states that you're agreeing to the divorce. And so I, I signed the waiver. I agreed to the divorce. Um, and within two days after me signing the waiver and him being notified of that fact, it was finalized. The day that Anna went into the court, she saw a homeless man sitting outside and he asked her for a dollar. Anna walked past him and she ignored him. When she came back out, the man was still there. She couldn't help but think to herself that if her parents had not taken her in, she could have easily been this man. So she did not walk by. She sat next to him and she spoke with him. She listened to his story and he listened to hers. Anna gave him some money and the gentleman sang her a song that he had written. This man gave Anna so much more than he will ever know that day. And she will forever remember him. In July, she took the kids on a retreat to the mountains, and Ted started to text her again. They were divorced, and Ted was living with this other woman, but he would not leave her be. And she did not stop it. A part of her was enjoying that Ted was going behind this other woman's back to text Anna. This woman was getting a taste of what she received. The texting became sexting, and when Anna got back home, he had sent her a text asking where she was. She told Ted that she was at her parents, and he said, so am I. Come outside. And so she did. You know, as I, as I described having the intestinal parasite that I nicknamed Charlie because, you know, he, he lived with me for a good long while. I weighed about 120 pounds at this point. Um, I was like a size two. I was, I looked fucking good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was, I, of course, you know, I, I thought I looked good, but in fact, I was like emaciated. And, <laughs> right. And, 
incredibly sick. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, I'm thin, you know, I'm thin again. He's, you know, and I remember I, I had, I had gone, I was going to a wedding or something and I, and, and I had on this outfit and I looked really, I looked good. Let me tell you, I looked good. And I took a <laughs> you picture. Post some pictures? I, I took a, well, he's not on social media. I took oh, a picture right. and I sent it to him and I was like, man, you really screwed the pooch. <laughs> this is what you lost. Damn. And yeah, wish I hadn't. I don't know. I, I guess I still had some of that poison. I had to get out of the system. Mm-hmm. And um, part of it was just kind of like a big F you to her. Um, it's like, you know, the way you get them, so you're going to lose them, honey. And that's true. Um, yeah. Happened to me. Yeah. Um, happen- and and I, it will happen to her, too. I mean, mm-hmm. he will do the same thing to her, without a doubt. You know, I was going out of town um, with uh, work. And, um, you know, he was texting me and stuff like that. And, you know, we were talking a little bit while I was gone. And then when I got back, um, I remember he texted me and he's like, are you, are you back? And I said, yeah, I'm back. And he said, well, I have something that I need to give you. And I was like, okay, what do you need to give me? And he's like, well, it's a check. And he said, well, I am uh, parked outside. (laughs) And he said, can you, can you come out and I can give that to you? And, um, you know, I hadn't seen him since April. And so I, I remember I just like ran out the front door. I ran into his truck, hopped into his truck and, uh, he leaned over and, you know, hugged me and kissed me. And, um, (laughs) we drove to his friend's house and, uh, he had a key to his friend's house and, you know, shit happened. (laughs) Did the deed did the deed yeah yeah and so that just kind of started that and so you know I moved into my own apartment um into my own place and um and that just kind of just opened the door for him to try to weasel his way back Ted and Anna started meeting up frequently at a hotel or wherever they could find eventually Anna moved into her own place And Ted would come to her house and hang out, watch movies with Anna. She would cook, and they would always be intimate. And during this period, Ted was very much future-faking Anna, telling her that he wanted to move in with her and that he wanted to have the divorce vacated. Anna had planned on going to the beach with her family in October, and Ted said he was moving in while she was gone. But, as expected, that did not happen. Were you yes. feeling stronger at this point? Like the ball's yes, in my I court was. now. I, I yes, call the shots. Because uh, yes. I can yes, kind of feel yep. that vibe where you're like, taste yep. of your own medicine. Yeah. Look what you're. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes very much so. You know, we very, shouldn't very play it, so. but we do. We all do. For sure. We do. Um, but I will say that this, this part of the story was very, very necessary for me to get strong and to stand up for myself and to put up a very, very firm boundary with him, which I did. And that boundary cost me um, him coming back to me and I was perfectly okay with it. So I gained some strength. I took my power back. Um, Yeah, I'm still messing around with him here and there, but you know, that was a very pivotal and important thing for me. I was on my own two feet. I had my own home. I, I was doing the deal and I didn't need him for any reason whatsoever. And that felt good. You were feeling more empowered, but you were still roped in to a certain extent because you had started talking agree. about him moving in again. We were actually getting along really well. Things were, you know, pretty, we're clicking along okay. I was kind of, I was very, I was okay with the way things were, you know, like kind of like I liked having my space and I liked having my time. You know, in my gut, I really didn't want him to move back in with me. So I wasn't really all that upset when he pulled what he pulled. And so I remember whenever he did come back over, you know, I gave him, well, I'd written a letter to him and I read it out loud. And it was just basically me saying to him, you know, if you and I are going to have any chance at working whatsoever, you are going to have to live completely on your own for a minimum of six months and we will date. And, you know, he was like, well, I don't, I don't know if I can afford it. And I said, well, you could do like, 
an extended stay hotel and then you don't have to do that you know give them all these suggestions and i just said but this is how it has to be like unless you do this we will not have a future we will not talk anymore we you will not move in with me this is not going to happen and i don't want you back with me until you do this um it's not going to be you hopping from her bed straight to my bed that is not going to happen and that was not what he wanted to do that wasn't in his plan that wasn't his his thought process and so it did not happen and um you know i did not back down on that boundary i did not back down on that boundary and i was really 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 proud of myself for that here is anna's friend stephanie I think recovery started with one foot in like hope of it still like getting better, like the relationship, you know, getting better and one foot in like, okay, I gotta figure out how to take care of myself. Like, like I, I think she straddled that for a while and feeling like taking care of herself was like abandoning like the relationship, even though logically we know it wasn't <laughs> like, but it did feel like that to her, you know? Um, I also think that like one of the things um, I think in some ways her worth did come out of that relationship because he had been like this attractive guy and, you know, she had struggled herself with her own self-esteem and self-image. So if he's leaving her, then what? And of course he did, he said things that were just hateful that like fueled that fire. So, um, yeah. So I think her healing really started with, you know, one foot in like, okay, I got to figure out how to take care of myself and like one foot in like, but I want to keep the door open just in case. And that was a, that lasted a long time. And it like, I'm telling you at the end, I was like, I was ready to like, just threaten him. <laughs> like with like, I don't know. I was like, there was one point when he finally had come over for the last time and I was worried he was going to come back over. And I was like, if he comes, I was just in my mind, like if he contacts her one more time, if he messages her, he emails her, I'm getting a fake phone number and I am going to like just threaten him. <laughs> but I never did. And he never, like at some point he finally quit contacting her, but. I yeah. love it. That was my very last question for you is after all the pain and suffering, Ted called mm -hmm. Anna, did you ever give him a piece of your mind? I've never, but I've heard he works in a retail store around here and I've wanted to go run into him and comments on oh looks like you've gained some weight or <laughs> your hair's thinning or I don't know oh my gosh she showed me the before <laughs> and after picture I almost yeah. shit myself oh. oh it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. what is going on <laughs> like things weren't well things were not well <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah I know that pisses me off the way he acted towards her which is going through, you know, the changes of menopause. And yeah. I just crack up laughing because she's like, listen, you gained like 75 pounds. Okay. Like back up and uh, yeah. shut your mouth. But you know what? He would probably just find any reason to belittle her so he could take yeah. advantage of her, I'm sure. So. Oh, totally. He, like he, it became clear at some point he wanted her as his backup, his safety net, his backup plan. Because I don't know, I guess maybe he didn't trust that thing was going to work. Or I have no clue. Like, insert whatever dumb reason there is. Poor Teddy boy said he was confused. And that Anna confused him. So, back to the way it was. Ted occasionally coming over, hanging out. Nothing had changed. Anna was desperate for a fix of her drug. And there was Ted right there, making sure that Anna could not move on. Next week on The X-Files. That lockdown just really messed bad with my mental health. I live in a little tiny place. And so, you know, the walls start closing in on you. I knew he had me blocked because he has had an iPhone. And so, you know, when someone's got you blocked, it goes green. So just kind of periodically, if I was like in a really dark, bad spot, I would text him knowing that he wasn't going to get it. And a text like, you know, Saturdays have always just been the hardest day because I miss you the most on Saturdays. And I sent that text and that fucker went blue and I about cracked myself. I mean, like, you want to talk about an oh shit moment. That was an oh shit moment. I remember when I decided to get the, the help, you know, I kind of started looking and researching and asking around. And this one particular girl was mentioned to me a couple of times. I remember I called the number and they answered it and they said, blah, 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 Christian counseling. And I was like, yeah, nah. And I hung the phone up. You're like, wrong number. And I started thinking about it and I thought, yeah, you cannot discredit someone just because that's, you know, that's the agency's name. So 
I called back. Mildred popped up in my friend's people you might know. And she noticed that her last name was now my ex-husband's last name. And her profile picture was her in a wedding dress. If it wasn't the day they got married, it was within a day or two of them getting married that he had sent me that I missed you text. And I just texted her and I was like, congratulations on becoming the fifth Mrs. Smith. I'm sure a marriage based on the destruction of two families and six children's lives is going to be incredibly successful. By the way, he's been screwing me <laughs> the whole time. But I did get a response the next day. From Ted, though, right? Not Mildred? No, from the police. Oh, shit. Hey, X fans. If you haven't quite got your full fix of X-Wives Undercover or the X-Files, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join our Facebook group. Make sure to also follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a five-star review.